All right, welcome in everybody. Let's get started. So, science fiction has a mountain of content to sift through. From being slightly sci-fi based and more action and adventure, to being more anime or comic book based than science fiction, to being pure 100% straight from Isaac Asimov, Jules Verne, or Gene Roddenberry themselves. I mean, there's an enormous spectrum of science fiction content out there, especially sci-fi shows. There are also ages of sci-fi where certain things get really focused and honed in on, and they're kind of used as thesis questions or what-if scenarios, and those get their spotlight for a few good years like how vampires and werewolves made a huge resurgence in the 2000s. And there were a ton of spins on each of those, giving us a lot of different premises. Or how there have been a lot of reimaginings of things like The Matrix. But a big question for anyone looking to get more avidly into science fiction. They they really want to try it on. Right, they they've done all of their kinds of shows to death and romance and rom coms and comedies and actions. It's it's all become kind of boring. Uh, they want to break out of a traditional mystery thriller, or they've seen every horror movie done to death. So they want to try something new, right? Get a give a new genre a a shot. Now it's arguable that the best place to start is a good science fiction series. And growing up with all manner of science fiction and having my tastes and interests grow over time, I think I have a pretty good perspective on what series would be best to kind of edge people into the genre. Because more likely than not, those people's focus was most likely action and adventure-based shows, you know, romance, rom-com, feel-good comedic series, the endless amount of cop shows, which all do have their root elements displayed in almost every long-running or staple science fiction series. But which shows are the best to start off with? This is my most humble opinion, but I think it's been tempered fairly well over the past 30 years. So here we go. First show up to bat is a little thing called Farscape. Farscape is weird. It is corny. It's got puppet and prosthetic based characters. It's got a ton of drama and action and romance. And it definitely fits the mold of the Adventure of the Week serial, but As with almost all science fiction shows, it has several overarching narratives that keeps the audience engaged whenever they're addressed during those adventures. And we'll find that that is the case for almost every science fiction show. It's it's got these adventure of the week style deals going on, but there's several... um, narratives that 
that link the show together, that, that it kind of encase it very nicely. You can find one or two of those in other genres shows, but I f- really feel like sci-fi takes it up a notch. It it gives you one after the other to kind of keep up with, and it can almost be overwhelming, but the shows that do it well, I mean, the shows that are on the this list <laughs> uh, specifically, they give you almost more than you can handle, but you really love them for it. Uh, Farscape being one of those. And the show can kind of make you feel like you're just slogging through at times. Uh, It makes for great background noise if you're just throwing something on to see if you like it or just to test your interest in a different kind of storytelling. Uh, But I would highly recommend this show as a starter show to just about anyone, though I'm confident it won't draw the biggest audience of non-sci-fi fans despite its popularity with the Sci-Fi Channel's audience at the time of its release. Now, the second show to start out with is Stargate SG-1. Okay, so admittedly, this one has a bit of bias coming from me because it's a personal favorite of mine. I mean, this, this is the show that I remember... This is the first show I remember watching as a kid every weekend with my dad and I have rewatched every episode, the spinoffs, the movies, everything time and time again. I've done it to death. I have seasons 1 through 10 on DVD and I'm pretty sure all of the DVDs are scratched up all to hell. I am a diehard True Blue Stargate fan and I mean it all started with Stargate SG-1. So this show is pretty unique in that it decided to revolve around science fiction meeting and explaining mythology in a military-based action drama setting. And like with most of the other shows on this list, it deals with some pretty heavy stuff. I mean, you got galaxy-wide slavery... You have self-sacrifice and and suicide to save people. I mean, how far would you have to go to save your own people versus how far you would go to harm others to save your own people? I mean, all sorts of decently deep dilemmas like that, and it gets really engaging. The, the main cast of characters... Uh, They're this classic A-team-esque kind of group. Uh, You you have the muscle-bound guy with his code of honor, the wise-ass leader, the smart guy, the tech geek. And they they play off each other really well in a way that doesn't ever really get old. Not necessarily because of the actors or the dialogue, but because the situations that they are in in each episode are different enough to tease out a decent enough variety of interaction and development between the characters. With an overall message of goodwill out and 
how you should remain steadfast in truth and what you believe in, all while accepting who you are and having an appreciation for nuance, this is one of the most layered yet simple shows I have ever seen, and it is fun at a mile a minute. If nothing else, please watch this show. Like, even if you're not a science fiction fan, do yourself a favor. Get into Stargate SG-1. Now, the next show on this list, which is probably my second favorite, is Battlestar Galactica. This is a penultimate drama in space. I mean, this show has a lot going on. Uh, it, it's humanity in this huge space fleet racing against time to try and find Earth in order to escape a race of sentient robots called Cylons that, ironically, humanity itself created years ago. Now, this is a classic continuation of the ideas that birthed franchises like The Matrix or Terminator. But now, humanity has lost its planet. In the show, that planet being Caprica and its 12 colonies. And all, all of humanity is stuffed into this fleet of spaceships that are jumping around through hyperspace and they're trying to find the legendary world of Earth where they might be safe from the Cylon menace. Now, this show deals with a, a few key bits of conflicting resolutions. Uh, one of them being uh, is one of these lead characters. Is he actually seeing an angel or a demon? Uh, is he a Cylon? Is he just insane? Uh, is he a messianic figure? And even though we kind of get an answer at the end of the show, it's never really explicitly stated. Which I kind of like, because it gives the audience a chance to be a part of the answer. It, gets, it, it gives the audience a chance to imagine what the answer might actually be. And there's almost no way for them to be wrong or right if, if they come to a, a pretty reasonable conclusion. So the, the show is rife with political power struggles, a whole bunch of ethical questions that mostly circle around ideas of survival in a group. And when I say this is a penultimate drama set in space, it gets real. Just a quick little insight to what I mean. This robot race called the Cylons, they have uh, developed humanoid Cylon variants, some of whom believe themselves to be human beings. This revelation that they're actually Cylons causes this existential crisis and we, we delve into how those characters deal with that revelation, and it's fantastic sci-fi television, as well as being an excellent study in self-discovery and what you choose to do with yourself now having discovered the things that you have. And we also get those um, unanswerable questions like the guy who's been seeing things strung along throughout the show there's not a lot of those questions 
but when they crop up, they are vital to the rest of the show. Uh, for example, there's a character that gets killed, uh, they're sucked up into this huge storm, and they're presumed dead, right? Now that character shows back up later and magically knows how to get to Earth. And later on in the show, we suspect that this character is not really the same person that was lost in the storm previously. And that there's some sort of Cylon plant or they're an otherworldly being or we don't know. But we never get a real answer. And it's frustrating but gripping at the same time. So as far as dramas and science fiction go, I'd say that Battlestar Galactica is a notch above the rest. Hands down. Okay, the third show on our list is Warehouse 13. So this show came about towards the end of Sci-Fi Channel's golden age, and it kind of shows in the final season. Uh, it, it's got a lovable cast of characters. It has a uh, crossover universe with another very popular Sci-Fi Channel show called Eureka. And it's a fun take on some historical figures and events. It's certainly one of those shows that you watch just because it's on. I mean, it's, it's nothing too enthralling or groundbreaking, but it definitely has a draw for everyone who likes a good buddy cop comedy um, and, you know, just wants a fun giggle once a week uh, with a wacky sci-fi adventure. And while it's not as grand as Battlestar Galactica or Stargate, Warehouse 13 does focus a lot more on that that personal level, right? A much smaller scale of things like mystical artifacts and such that don't necessarily have a galaxy-wide consequence attached to them, but they can do things like turn someone into stone, make people invisible, uh, make people forget things, or turn them into electricity. So... Yeah, it's it's fun little adventures like that, as opposed to huge wars and death-defying fights or space battles. And it can be a good change of pace to help flavor your sci-fi palette. Now, the next show on our list, Doctor Who. This is is one of the most talked about and beloved sci-fi shows ever. But it's an easier pill to swallow than most of the other big hitters. It's very lighthearted. It uses mostly prosthetic-based characters when there are aliens to be dealt with. Uh, or they just throw out a, a regular dude and say that they have two hearts. Right? Uh, or call him a ghost. Like... Um, they, they get very... Doctor Who is, is very much a blend of, hey, what can we do with stage theater show prosthetics and makeup and, and costume designs? Okay, we're going to put that on a television screen. Um, and it's it shows, but it's done really well. Like, it's cheesy and it's corny and it's a lot of fun like you you know they're they're trying 
their damnedest. And I appreciate it. I appreciate it a lot. Like there's there's characters that are tree people. Those are pretty fun characters. Like they they look just like trees, but as people, right? There's there's spider people. There's uh, there's these metal men. There's anthropomorphic rhinos. Like there's a lot of fun to be had in this show. Uh, just from a design perspective. And there's actually almost too much to say about it because this show is massive in its lore and uh, just overall content. It's it's almost a cheap cop-out to tell you to YouTube some summaries, but real breakdowns could take hours and hours on end to do any kind of justice that this show deserves which I will do at some point in the near future, and it's going to take quite a long time. Uh, regardless, this is a really fun, feel-good kind of show, and it's definitely a must-see for any aspiring sci-fi fanatic, or anyone that just wants, you know, a really fun, quick 40-minute adventure uh, that's mostly comedy-based and yeah, just is a whole bunch of fun. This episode is brought to you by RT Book Reviews. RT Book Reviews is one of the world's most popular independent book sites. From bestsellers to hidden gems, they're here to help you discover your new favorite books and authors. And I go through at least two to three books per week and do not have time to spend trying to find the next best standalone or series. But... After using RT Book Reviews, I was able to find dozens of books from every genre to keep me occupied for my foreseeable future. After all, RT Book Reviews' mission is to help you find your new favorite books and authors, like they most certainly helped me. So head on over to www.rtbookreviews.com today! Now what do these shows prepare you for? And why do you necessarily need to prepare for a show? Can't, can't you just jump headlong into something and appreciate it for what it is? Well, of course. Of course you can. However, gaining a larger appreciation for science fiction, being familiar with just how silly and outlandish it can be sometimes, and also understanding that one of the core foundation stones of sci-fi is the back and forth between differences in ethical philosophies, the dystopian and utopian reimagining. I mean, it all gives a far greater feel of anticipation and enjoyment when diving into shows that are bigger and more complex and more widely beloved by sci-fi fans. So much so that they're, they're talked about just incessantly and they make you an avid and true lover of science fiction in my book. Now, the first show that these prepare you for, Star Trek. Just Star Trek in general. Like, it is monstrously big. It's bigger than Doctor Who. Although I know Doctor Who has been out for longer, Star Trek is much more massive in its 
uh, its runtime, its spinoffs, its continuation, its its cast of characters. It's just incredibly huge. And it's another one of those shows that you almost don't know where to start exactly. I mean, do you start with Captain Kirk or Picard? Do you go with one of the spinoffs first to get a more up-to-date taste on things? And this is also one of those shows that gets the most stereotyped and parodied, without a doubt. I mean, it's such an ingrained staple of science fiction, and it kind of covers everything. I mean, it's it's got war, politics, philosophical queries. It's got deities and some, you know, of course, all the kick-ass sci-fi tropes, you know, phasers, uh, communicators, teleporters, androids, space orcs, elves, and dwarves. I mean, it's just a grand old time. And it's definitely a franchise that takes real dedication if you want to appreciate it. Like, it's, it takes work. It takes a little bit of work to truly appreciate Star Trek. Now, the next big show that is big, but really got undercut to prepare for is Firefly. Firefly, episodes-wise, is super short, super underrated, and was criminally canceled before it, it could amount to much. Everyone who has seen this show loves it and demanded its return at some point or other. It's got a star-studded cast, sporting actors like Nathan Fillion, Marina Bakarin, Alan Tudyk, Mark Shepard, just to name a few. I mean, th this show, this show can easily be understood if you think of it as a precursor to something like Star Wars, uh, or if you put post-Civil War United States in space. It would basically be the same thing. It's it's the Wild West out there in space, and it's saturated with people like Nathan Fillion's character, who served on the losing side of a war, and now there's this evil empire complete with a shady shadow organization that's into building psychic-powered superhumans. There isn't much depth to the show, and it was canceled far before its time. So this is a show I felt worth mentioning because of how purely fun it is and how beloved it is by fans of all stripes. I mean, bring it up to any of us, and we shed a not-so-silent tear over it. Trust me. All right, so the next show on our list is arguably where Netflix really boomed with their sci-fi shows, Black Mirror. Now, they've had staple shows before, but since Black Mirror? I mean, in general, they have shelled out massive hitters like Tiger King and Cobra Kai, but with science fiction? I mean, you got Altered Carbon, Love, Death, and Robots. I mean, those are probably two of the biggest in terms of best rated and most watched but it all started with Black Mirror in my opinion 
Now this show is an epitome of messed up, to put it lightly. And I am doing my darndest not to include spoilers for any of these shows while hyping them up, but this one's kind of tough to do without a few spoilers. I, I, I guess I could avoid it by describing the show as kind of playing around with futuristic dystopian wilderness. Uh, and most, if not all of it, is straight out of a modern nightmare. Uh, right down to people being able to literally mute someone's existence in reality. To physically make them blurry and mute all sound coming from them. To the point to where they're not even a person anymore. They're just a walking blur. And this show creeps me right the hell out. As it should. <laughs> Rightly so. Given the premises the show works with and and how tightly they relate to the real world i mean a lot of what goes on in black mirror episodes could happen in real life unless it's some super futuristic something or other uh, in which case it's still easy to imagine the real world advancing in such a direction that those things could still happen somewhere down the line I mean, all in all, this is most certainly a show that needs some prep work. And I I could 100% see someone getting very turned off to science fiction shows if this is their introduction to the genre. So it most certainly needs some, some interest garnered in science fiction before you give Black Mirror a shot. Now, the last show that I'll cover is The Twilight Zone. What more can you say about the show but that it's an absolute classic? The show is a string of tales, all creepy or strange in nature, having some sprinkling of science fiction in it. But the reason I think the show is one that needs some prep work before you watch is mostly because of how much of a classic it is. If you didn't grow up with it, or even grow up being a sci-fi fan, then this show definitely takes some appreciation for the genre before diving into it. Uh, it's, it's like someone who has no idea about the differences between a really good and expensive whiskey and a $15 bottle of Jack. I, I mean, you could have consumed a $1,000 glass of something without even knowing it and just kind of think it's okay or whatnot. And the thing is, you would technically be right. I mean, everyone's criticisms of a show is valid to themselves. Right? And, and that's how taste is curated and cultivated. But as a diehard sci-fi guy, I would plead with anyone unfamiliar to gain a greater understanding and appreciation for the genre before delving in. Now, it is not needed necessarily, but it is highly recommended. Especially because I want you to enjoy yourself and enjoy the stories. I mean, that's really the whole goal here, to get everyone to a place where they can see the beauty and the fun of the sci-fi genre. So yeah, there you go. 
there's your guide for getting into science fiction. Start off light, just have a little fun, before you get into some really deep and philosophical stuff. Which has flavored science fiction for generations, but with most of these shows on this list, it's peppered in pretty heavily. I mean, there's always going to be sci-fi made for just mindless fun and, and a good chuckle, and it's always going to be great. Although, for those of us that really do enjoy a good mystery or a brain teaser or an ethical quandary, we will occasionally get a great gem here and there, and that gets the job done and then some. I mean, I, I hope I was able to convince a few of you to give a new show a shot. Or, even if you are a sci-fi fan already, go home, kick back, relax, turn on Netflix or whatever you got, and unchain that brain. Seriously. Stargate SG-1. Start there. For the love of God. Come on. <laughs> I need more people to love this show. I will I will hype it up to, to no end. But yeah, that is all I had for today, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in, and stick around for more Sci-Fi Unchained. But for now, live long and prosper, my friends, and may the Force be with us all.